Hello, David. Are you still in the same meeting? Uh, I am, but it, you it, it uh, you showed up. It asked me to admit you. It beeped, and then you disappeared. That's that's weird because I tried connecting from my phone as well. So uh, on my end, today. What on my end, what I saw was uh, Zoom just restarted on, like the the app just crashed and then reopened. Oh wow, epic. Um. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure problems were on my side, but like now when I tried to connect to you, connect, it just says it's waiting for you to let me in. So I tried it on my phone. It did the same thing. So I guess I'm I'm just going to use the, the phone number today. All right. So we will do the, the audio podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. It's okay. Um, one of these days we'll do something where I can actually see your face the whole time, but I guess it's not today. So anyway. Um, I use Zoom nearly every day. This is so weird. Uh, it's been one of those days anyway. It was my daughter's first day back at uh, in-person school, and so everything's a little chaotic both last night and this morning. So anyway, glad to chat. And uh, you mentioned that you've had positive feedback, but somehow I never actually appropriately solicited it. So let me ask you now, what have you been enjoying about the Great Reset? Well, I mean, like, uh, my, my general point is I can come up with positive and negative feedback about almost anything. Um, so if you ask, I can, I can say, like, um, like, uh, I don't, I don't care for Rocky Road because I don't like the nuts, but it, if you take out the nuts, I love Rocky Road. So it's like, I can compliment it. Okay. Um, well, okay. So let's, let's, I mean, hopefully salient points. I mean, cause if you took uh, all the nuts out of the great reset, I'm not sure they have anyone left. So. Uh, well, I mean, like I, I told you, I come because you guys say interesting things that I don't hear okay. elsewhere, and I can't predict what you're going to say or do, which means that uh, there's something I don't understand, and so I, okay. I enjoy I enjoy it as just sort of observing specimens that I don't understand. Now, interesting sounds like the opposite of boring. Uh. I'm saying you as an individual and some of the other individuals are interesting. The Great Reset itself is not interesting, no. Okay, but you say we say interesting things. Yes. Right? So what are some of the things that you found interesting? Oh, well, it's been a while. Um, okay. <laughs> or even just uh, a vague feeling or emotional reaction that you recall as a thing of interest. No, I, I, I mean, like, uh, I would say that uh, a lot of the, some of the takes I hear on church and what's working and what isn't working are not mm -hmm. things that I've heard before. Okay. Have you formed an opinion whether you agree or disagree? On on, on anything? Yes. At the time, I, I, I usually form in an opinion. Like, in terms of, like, in terms of uh, what is not, uh, in terms of what is working in church. Oh, what works in church and what isn't? I don't. Uh, that's that's a big, complicated question. I don't. I don't have a definitive answer now. Okay. Do you have any strong opinions? Uh yes, but there's many. I mean, like they they go from uh, you know, Mary was you know just a person. We shouldn't be worshiping her like God. To um, indulgences are bad. Uh, I like um, adult baptism. Um. Okay, so, so there's different <laughs> beliefs that you agree or disagree with or practices. Um, the 
do you have any that are sort of, I mean, I assume you don't run into the issue of indulgences very often. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what I would say is, like, I'm not here, I, I, hmm. I'm not here, I'm not trying to redo how churches work. I'm not trying to change how all churches operate. I'm, um, because I don't, I don't have big complaints about the entire church structure. Um, I would say that's probably just, I would put that under, it's above my pay grade. Okay. Do you, 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 you frame that interesting question. Are there certain things that you have experienced in church that really bug you in the present that you wish would change or you wish you could find an alternate way to deal with them? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things that I've experienced in the church that I'm, I'm not happy about. Okay. Um, and is your assumption just that that was just a random bad luck and that next time things will, be, will, will probably be better? Or do you think there might be some larger trends or systemic issues? I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some trends. Like, I, I noticed that, like, for some reason, a lot of pastors tend to be very arrogant. And that's such a weird thing to see in the church, um, them being, like, filled with so many humble people, but the one in charge is always pretty damn arrogant. And it's a, it's a recurring pattern. Um, yes. So that, that's an example I, I'm, not, I'm not fond of. Okay. Would you be curious as to my interpretation of that observation? Um. Hmm. So what? <laughs> okay. I, I I got a, a couple of things to say here. So please forgive me. Sure. Go so, ahead. <laughs> so the first thing I would say is like I don't think that the direction this conversation is heading in is going to be a particularly productive one. I, I oh, feel like okay. you're going to take what I say and you're going to sort of shoehorn it into like some of your general ideas about church. And I'm not sure I can agree or disagree with them. What I would say is I'm, I'm lacking enough of a framework to really uh, appreciate what you're doing. Okay, fair so, enough. But third, I would say, am I interested in hearing your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, like the curiosity has me. Yes, I am. The straight answer to that okay. question would have been yes. Okay, that's fair enough. But you're not sure where it'll go. So. This is the, I mean, so let's take a step back. So there, you, you've identified, this is actually, I'll kick it up a metal level just to match yours, right? Is that what's funny is that, uh, or curious to me, is that you seem to agree, uh, we seem to agree on a lot of high-level concepts that are not necessarily universally uh, agreed with. Like, A, the most important thing is to learn to love like Jesus. Or what? that that's that's the that's the great commandment. Uh, plenty of people believe that. I would I wouldn't say it's universal. But many, I I would many, many people, people believe that. It's a nice thing, but in terms of saying that it is the most important thing, that's not something that I. I mean, it took me a while to figure out that that was a way to frame it that I actually uh, agreed with. And so so yeah, it is surprising to me that you know you seem to think that's a universal thing, a matter of useful claim. But to your existing point. You know, you know, if I see a pastor acting arrogantly and I say to him, as I may have done once or twice in my life, you know, that doesn't seem very Christ-like. They don't say, oh, you're totally right. Of course, that is obviously the thing we should be prioritizing. <laughs> like, it does not seem to be, you know, there may be some vague admiration for it, but not necessarily a shared understanding that it is the most important thing. In my experience of trying to actually call people onto it. 
Yeah, but I, I think that reflects more of just that, like, your understanding of it is just different from theirs. And that's like, actually a fair point. It's a, like, like, that's the thing I'm sort of having. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you're thinking something, I'm thinking something, but I'm not sure that they're the same thing. Excellent point. Yes. And I think that's actually probably one reason why you find some of the statements I make boring or repetitive is that I use this, I often say, I've often felt like I don't necessarily believe things different than other people believe. I just believe them far more radically and deeply than most people do. Okay. okay. Can I, I, can I interrupt? I'm sorry. I, I have to set the sure. record straight here. Uh, okay. I think like the vague descriptions I've heard of the Great Reset are uninteresting in that they basically are, let's do church, which I think you would agree is an uninteresting sort of thing to say. Um, um, I'm, I'm really, okay. I'm enjoying the fact that everyone, I mean, like, if you're like, let's do okay, church, but there's, like, let's there's caveats. If you, if you want to be fair, it, it, I, would be, I would agree with the statement, let's redo church. It would be a lot closer. Yeah, but that's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing, let's do church. Okay, I'm not sure where you're hearing that, because I'm not sure. So you have an interesting definition of church, then. Uh, y yes, my, my definition of church is follow the great commandment as a community. Okay, so any community, so you don't distinguish between church, parachurch, mission, small group, fellowship. You just lump that all under church. Yes. Ah, okay. So let's relate to each other like Christians. Yes. Well, okay. I, I was trying so, to, I'm sorry, <laughs> we're getting into so much meta commentary here. I'm so sorry. No, this, but this, I mean, this is helpful because this is, this is a chance to try and dig through, because I feel like there is a, there is a there there that, first of all, this is helpful for me. When you say we're a church, you use it in a very broad sense. And, yes. okay, so the thing that is interesting, so, um, you mentioned one time that you play this game where you try to reduce everything to generalities. Well, I want to see if I can. Okay. Like, that's not so, my. I I would just want to know whether or not there's something preventing me from doing that. Because I, I, I know mean, that I know that's not an. What I want to say is I know that's not an accurate representation. What I'm saying is that you haven't put up boundaries, and I'm detecting that there are no boundaries. Okay. So what someone is, is if all my boundaries are just by definition things that you define away, then it doesn't accomplish much. Like, so the. The, like, I'm not sure, so uh, can you give me an example of a boundary that you could not generalize away? Um, like, have you well, ever I mean, encountered anyone who's defined a boundary that the game No, no, I mean, like, like you, you could say something like this, like, uh, here's a boundary you didn't put that you could have. You could have said, like, uh, it needs to be uh, uh, based on the, the truth of the Bible. So, like, that was a... You didn't you didn't specify that you just said we had to love like God uh, like uh, Jesus, right? But you didn't mm -hmm. say like you didn't you didn't insert the Bible in there. So like you know right, okay, Jesus okay, was right, also a historical enough. figure, okay? Right? So, right. The right. So the um, yes. So there's lots of implicit things that I've not specified, um, and so right. If you don't you, specify them, there's no boundary. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Then is there's an infinite number of possible uh, boundaries that people could disagree on until I know which ones matter to you. I don't know which ones are relevant. Like if it's say, you know, if, if, you know, adding a bullet point, Jesus as, the, as revealed in the gospel, that's the boundary. I'm happy to throw that in there. 
Well, okay. In this community, it wasn't really a matter of controversy, so I didn't feel like it was a worth point, pointing calling out. But if it would help you, I'm happy to add those things. Really? I, I do actually think it's been a matter of controversy within the group. On our group, whether the Jesus Jesus of Scripture? Yes, I, I, I would say... Well, yeah, that's actually sort of the, the thing I was getting at. Like, I, I would say that there's been quite a few sort of arguments and disagreements that are sort of related to, like, uh, the authority of the Bible. Really? I have never gotten that in the least. Uh, I I think that, like, um, a lot of the conversations happen around, like, hey, let's, let's talk about what churches are actually doing, and let's talk about practical. But then somebody's mm -hmm. like, okay, but this is what the Bible says. And, right. and then there's tension. And and then you don't conceptualize that as a tension about okay. biblical authority, but I say it is. Ah, uh, okay. Fascinating. So that's what you mean by questioning the authority of scripture. Well, I would say that I would I would argue that there I would argue that there have been things said and done in this group that members of this group would say sort of question the authority of scripture. Uh, okay, now I think I understand what you're trying to say. That's really helpful. Okay. Uh, and so there is a uh, – this is, this is a valid tension, which is actually a really meaningful discussion to, to possibly disagree on, okay? So – and this, I think this goes to the question from last week that uh, we were talking about theology versus science. So I have this radical notion that um, – I have several radical notions, and um, one is that Copying, blindly copying scripture and only doing the things we've seen done exactly in scripture as they are done is not necessarily the same as obeying scripture. Sure. Right. And so when I've had tension about that, they say, well, like, for example, models of discipleship. Well, this is the model of discipleship we see done in scripture. Therefore, that's how we should do discipleship. I go, um, that is not at all clear to me given that Jesus mm -hmm. says some really harsh things about. So that's what I question the authority. I'm not saying that, of course, Scripture is authoritative. I submit to the authority of Scripture. I submit to, you know, Jesus and hold in high regard the historic traditions of the faith. Um, but that's not to say that every question has to be answered by blindly following Scripture. Okay. And, that's well, where, yeah. and, and there is some tension there, which is, I think, something that we do need to work through but it's not I, what I would consider. Uh, I'm mostly asking. I'm mostly asking for a statement of faith. I mean, what? like I, I, speci I, I specifically said this multiple times, but I'll so say it again. Like, so, right. yeah, I want a right. statement and, of faith. Why is the question? Because it, it sets boundaries. It's it's some of that definition. Right. So, we, 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 right. so here's the thing. Right. So okay, boundaries are good. Okay. The question. You can make is, it very broad. I don't mind, but I mean, like you have none. So, like, okay, I mean, so, like, I, I don't know why we're not worshiping the devil in this group or why a devil worshiper couldn't feel welcome okay. in this group to worship the devil in it. So here, let me let me edit this right now. Uh, the, the statement from the Bicecast. We are followers of Jesus as revealed. As revealed in the Gospels. OK, we are followers of Jesus. We are not followers of Satan. You, you were here for this. We said we're well, yeah. followers of Jesus. Right? Yeah, I, you're not following Satan. Yes, but you know, I also want to point out Tuesday was the first time I heard this. Okay, good. This is why it was useful to clarify that. I mean, I have 
different versions of this that you may not have been present for. So therefore, I'm never quite sure which people things people are clear and not clear on. It's not like this is like some weird secret cult. Like literally everything we do is out in the public where you can see what we said and what we believe. Yeah, no, no. It's it's a weird, very open cult. <laughs> That's almost an oxymoron. But anyway, it's not like you can say, well, you're not talking about sharing what you believe. I have hours and hours of video where I talk about what I believe and what we believe. And yeah, it's just I, a question I, of summarizing in a way that's useful for you. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that you have like the very best of intentions. That's that that much has been clear. I just think that uh, you. you don't you don't realize how unclear you're being. That's I, what I think. I, and I, but here's the point, David. I don't know if you're in a position to say how unclear I have been, but you're in an incredibly good position to say where I have not been clear to you. And if you could speak in the subjective, like it would help me if. You, you know, if you clarify this, then I can give you an answer. Mm. Right, so, you know, because you don't know, you haven't, I assume you haven't watched all, you know, 40 hours of video that we produced. No, so, no, but I, I mean, like, but, since I've joined, I can, I can come okay, up so with what I've you seen. Have, you, you, you haven't seen this since you joined. Okay, so fine. So there's a boundary. We are followers of Jesus as revealed in the gospel. Is that a boundary? Yes, that's a boundary. That's a good boundary. Okay, good. And um, so they're good. We have a boundary. So that addressed a concern you had. Mm -hmm. um, is that enough of a boundary? Are there other things that are troubling you that you feel are underspecified? Well, I, I think you should specify as much as you can. I mean... I, I personally have specified my, my, my creeds in endless documents, which I'm happy to share with you if you care. I'm not sure it's something worth burdening the group with. No, 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 no. This, this isn't about you. This is about the group. Like, okay, like so, when, you, okay. when you changed it, you specified a restriction on the group. Like your, your personal creed is irrelevant, isn't it? It's, it should be like what the group is, is going to be defined by. Right, and, and, and here's the interesting, okay, right. And here's the thing that I have found, and you tell me if your experience has been different. I have noticed a lot of churches place enormous effort, emphasis on various fine points of doctrine and will deliberately exclude people for, I mean, I, I had to go through various issues around baptism in different churches I've been at. Like, you can't be a member of a church unless you follow our teaching on these precise points. It's like, okay, I can see the value of that. I have never had a church tell me, well, if you sign up here, we expect you to love other people like Jesus does. I've never had that explicitly stated as a hard requirement. Uh, well, I mean, isn't that because we're all sinners and we're all going to fall short of that standard? No, that's beside the point. The point is, is what are we being measured against? Well, no, because you're talking about it as a criteria. Like, it's a criteria right, in which all but Jesus fails. Well, no, that's, it, why, let me, let me, that's why it doesn't no, exist. So, no, it's not like it, it, there's a difference between expectation. So, okay, let me rephrase that. Okay, here's an expectation that I have for this group. The purpose of this group is for us to practice loving more like Jesus, which means that at any point, any member of the group can go to any other member of the group and say, you know, hey, this experience I had with you, that did not feel to me like you were loving me like Jesus did. And the explicit response is, I am so sorry, uh, I didn't realize that. Please help me understand how I can do better. 
that's what I consider, that's, that is the behavior I want to normatize in this group, which I have not found universal acceptance in my other Christian relationships. Hmm. I, I, I like that. I just don't see this group doing that. Well, 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 well you, you don't think we can do that or that we have done that? Um, I don't, I, I would say I haven't seen it happen and I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical that it is organized in the way to achieve that. That is entirely fair. And that's why it was actually useful for me to go through this exercise yesterday and say, okay, this is our purpose. And if this is our purpose, then this is how we would want to relate to each other. And Let's figure out, and like, if you know someone who's already nailed this problem and we could copy them, please let me know. But if not, that's the problem I'm trying to solve. I, I, I would say that I've been in small groups in which the members were very focused on Christ-like behavior. And encouraging and admonishing each other in order to be more Christ-like. Um, I've not been in a wider church, as in traditional building church, um, mm -hmm. well, whatever the the legal um, nonprofit status is. I've, I've never been in one <laughs> of those in which I would say the entire church was, was doing that. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I can say that. And so in that sense, I agree with you. Yeah. And actually, I'll agree with your first point, too, is that there have been lots of small group experiences that I have had where there was a real sense of community and unity and mutual accountability and, and, and trying to work harder. And it's always been a puzzle to me why we can have these great small group things which feel so authentic and real. And yet our experience in the larger church is often completely different. Yes, uh, I can, I can agree with that. Right. And to me, that seems like an interesting problem to solve. Okay. Uh, I want to make sure we're sort of defining the problem the same way. So in my mind, I'm, I, I think of authenticity and, uh, accountability um, as sort of the things that have not scaled beyond the small group. Um, is that what you're, you, is that the thing that you're trying to solve as well? That is a really good way of framing it. Scaling authenticity and accountability beyond, the, beyond, beyond small groups. If that is the focus of this group. I am, I'm like 110% on board. That is an wow. interesting problem. Yes. Thank you. We finally figured out a way to frame the problem in a way that makes sense to you and helps clarify my own thinking. Um, so, hmm. you know, I mean, like, in fairness, you talk about accountability a whole lot. Um,
Yeah, actually, no. Okay, so I guess yeah, I guess the problem I'm thinking about some of the things, some of the past conversations. I you pointed out a lack of accountability, and the thing that gets me is that I'm like, well, most structures I can think of have some accountability. Um, yeah, but it has to be all- top down. Yeah, primarily. Top down. Uh, yeah, uh, there is, there's, there's pro- primarily top down. There's a little bit of bottom up. Um, yeah. And so I was like, well, you're like, what, which, which accountability are you talking about? Actually, the introduction, the introduction of authenticity in there is actually, I thought, like, really what sealed this for me is okay. I can't, I can't think of any larger group that had authenticity. Authenticity Ooh. is just, it's just gone. Like once you get mm-hmm. beyond like a dozen people, it just disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is related to the accountability problem. Um, and so when, when we talk about them as a pair, yeah, I can't, I can't think of any, it's just gone once you get to a bigger group and I don't, I don't know how you deal with that. Right. So that's what I've been trying to figure out. Right. So good. We have found a problem statement we agree upon that you are excited about and that if we could solve that, uh, that would be exciting and not boring. Uh, Yes. Can we can we okay. set that as a problem statement for the group? Sure. I mean, uh, you know that. that well, is, I mean, I think do you is, do you think everyone will be on board with that? Uh, I think they're on board. With things that are consistent with that. So, you know, you and I have a pairwise agreement on this framing, and I've had similar pairwise agreements on on framings that I consider not maybe identical, but consistent with, that if we solved problem X, we would also solve problems X1 and X2. Uh, can we can we state all, if if you have them off at the top. I already, already, already pasted this into the base camp so everyone can see it, and we will definitely feed, this will definitely feed into what we do next season. So we will no, try I, to, yeah. Oh, I want to hear these parallel constructions. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you can think of them at no. the moment, I... I would like the to problem hear them. is that the people people come from different problem spaces. So one of them is is that um, we have um, examples of self-replicating cell groups in non-Western countries where you've seen the gospel spread uh, dramatically and people really becoming uh, these self-propagating, self-discipling networks. And we've never seen that in uh, weird countries or weird people groups. Um, and that's a similar, it's an overlapping question uh, in that like we have these really examples of really vibrant cell groups, small groups that happen elsewhere. Why doesn't it happen here? And that implies authenticity and accountability, at least so I guess it's my interpretation of that is the thing that makes those powerful is that authenticity and accountability and that there are structural reasons why that doesn't take root within American Christianity. So that's a similar question that I think overlaps, that I see as a... It it sounds like you're uh, saying there's this other problem that this solves, and other people are interested in that other problem. Right, Um, right. So, yeah, right. So this is... this. The, the the word that struck you were authenticity and accountability. So scaling small groups is, is a theme that comes up in multiple contexts. Framing it as authenticity and accountability, I think, is a really powerful way of framing it, and I like it. 
um, you know, I might use slightly different words. Like I was playing with the words vulnerability. Uh, I was playing with words like empowerment, which are consistent with those, but have a slightly different angle depending on where you're coming from. That's what you want to get some examples of how other people think and talk about this. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm worried. I'm worried that um, we don't quite have agreement. That um, you and I don't like, agreement, or that the group as a whole won't agree. Both. Okay. Well, let's just focus. Like I said, other people think about it different ways. Let's focus on you and I getting to agreement. All right. Sure. Um, right. Because, like I said, I think there's a cluster of problems which are somewhat related. That if we figure out how to solve one of them really well, it will either solve them completely or give us a really good leg up on the other ones. And that's kind of how I view the group. Everyone has a slightly different set of things that they care about. And the challenge is to figure out enough of a core of things that we have in common and care about so that we can make progress together. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I. Well, I, I consider that sort of a defining process, sort of, which right. is another another way of setting boundaries. Right. So, uh, like, because suddenly but, this group got this group got a lot more narrow. Instead of just you know trying to uh, grow in our our loving like Jesus, it's like we're now focused on this very specific problem of like expanding the good traits we see in small groups into like a, a bigger uh, system. Right. So the yeah, and the um, and, and this is something that maybe it was latent in the purpose statement uh, that is you know room for us to grow in and refine is that the goal is not just so the five of us have this great experience and that's the end of it. The goal is to do this in something that is scalable, that does have some systemic implications. Hmm. Yeah, that that was not in the that was not clear in in the state yeah. instruction. Fair enough. Yeah, ah. so we are still working to refine and involve this as we clarify things. And that's why this is why this is like one of my favorite conversations is because I need because most of the people that say, oh yeah, that's fine, right? They won't actually push hard and say, well, this is not clear. This is important to not including it. Like I need that to know what is actually worth specifying. So thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, but I mean, the, the, for the record, the reason these are connected in my mind is that the, for me, the key issue of what makes discipleship work well is uh, um, an acronym I call BLORT which is biblical levels of redemptive transparency. Like what I love about scripture is that you see people uh, who are people of power and prestige and reputation screwing up royally and admitting it. Uh, from Adam down to Noah and Moses and Abraham and, you know, the disciples. And like that is, I think, the most powerful way that people learn is by being authentic and accountable, um, or any of the other words you want to use to describe that. And there are dynamics in small group which can, not always, but often allow people to be like that. And there are dynamics present in larger 
Christian bodies and secular bodies for that matter that make it extremely hard to have those conditions. Mm. I mean, that's my, that's my, uh, I guess, analysis of the situation. So, Oh man, I'm, I'm obsessing. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. So, like, okay. um, I'm a, I'm obsessing right now over a problem, and I'm trying to figure out a way to make it relevant or not relevant to this. Okay. Um, Why don't you just share and, it? Oh, all right. Well, so I think one of the big things. Oh, God, I feel terrible about this because, like, in my mind, I can't justify the relevance, and that, that's irritating me. Um. In my mind, one of the big problems we have with churches, God, I feel so stupid because I'm like, it's like I'm 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 bringing up something that like irritates me, even though I don't know that it's relevant. But um, well, and I hate but, people who do that. I hate people but, who just but, do but, that, but, and I'm but, doing David, it. David, David, so I feel hypocritical. David, this is data. This is data, right? Until we won't know how large of a problem it is until we actually share, right? So this is a data point. This is something that you have seen that irritates you that makes it valuable as a data point. I, I think a lot of the reasons uh, you see leadership not be accountable is because one of their primary jobs is ensuring the integrity of the group. That there you is- You have nailed it, David. This, this is, you are saying in different words what I've been trying to say to you over the last several weeks, which is hilarious. Um, and, you know, Ted was asking for this, right, for us to just sort this all out and just tell him what the group is, and he'll actually be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not sure how yeah, you've been saying this. Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> so uh, have you heard the, um, uh, I think it's Purnell's Iron Law of Bureaucracy? No. I'm sorry. Okay, but what he says is that in any organization, there are two types of people. There are people who are concerned about the mission of the organization, and people who are concerned about, in your language, the integrity of the organization. And he says, and Purnell's law is that in any uh, system, it's the second kind of people who will end up in charge. And so there is a tension between, you know, the uh, maintaining order and cohesion within the organization and actually ensuring the organization fulfills its purpose. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I mean by structural issues. Yes, that is a structural issue. And incentives. Issue. Yes. And so, yeah, so the, right. And so this is, this is the wall that I hit uh, five and a, you know, four and a half years ago I uh, know five and a half years ago now, goodness, when I was trying to do a startup on discipleship is I realized that the, the authenticity and accountability and empowerment and all these other uh, words that I think go together, uh, all those things um, would threaten the integrity, power structure, uh, business model, whatever terms you want to use of the organization. And for understandable reasons, the people in charge said, wait, to allow that would be a violation of our fiduciary duty. 
And so, yes, that is the problem. A little bit. I mean, there are solutions to this that are in existence. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, because we're talking about just basically um, changing the, the structure of the institution from within. Well, and yes, y yes and no. It, uh, it, it depends what you mean by structure and what you mean by from within. But yeah, okay. So, uh, I, like you know, I, I have I have seen many solutions. I have tried several. I would be very interested in hearing yours, your list of what you think are candidate solutions. Hmm. Um, okay, what I would say is I think there's actually only one solution that makes any sort of sense. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, based on experience. Um, mm -hmm. Well, okay, what I would say is it, it's a category. It's a category of solution. Okay, one type of solution. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, basically... Okay, this this what I'm suggesting is a is is a framework for for how to think of it, a model of it. Um, okay. Uh, as opposed to a structure, and so basically the structure would be that uh, any 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 sort of group, any organization has a structure that exists at the moment, and mm -hmm. um, if we look over time as 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 the institution exists, that structure can let's say change it. Um, you could probably group these changes into uh, discrete units or generations. And I'm using the word generation here very intentionally because um, changing the individuals within the um, institution is hard, um, except through replacement. And that what you tend to see in organizations that is as, as people die off, and new leadership comes in, you get a new generation of leaders, a new structure. And well, that's well, well, how... Most cases, in my experience, organizations that survive, they often replace individual leaders without changing their structure at all. I mean, the structure of the American government hasn't really fundamentally changed in 200 years, even yes, though we've had many generations of leaders. It's, it's changed radically, are you kidding? structure then maybe you should be clarified because i mean like we've got a president we've got an executive we've got a constitution like that hasn't really changed much since the 1790s the top uh, level structure the mechanics have changed of how we elect presidents and the scope has but the structure okay at least when i think of structure i think in terms of like org chart and fundamental you know lines of accountability org chart okay like the the almost the entire executive branch didn't exist originally. I mean, like we've had it's this giant well. organization okay, with like, countless people. It, it didn't used to exist. Right. It, right. No, its purpose it. didn't exist. Its purpose what? didn't exist. Like uh, the 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 federal branch is Second. involved in so many things now that that the the original uh, founders never even envisioned. Like, okay, so, so, but, so, so it's not okay. a matter of scale. So, okay, so it's, but, but, well, it's it's or even scope. But okay, so when you say structure, you mean something slightly different than what I mean by it. So it's useful to clarify how we're using these terms. 
Okay. No, I mean, like, even if you're talking structure, I mean, the Constitution itself has changed. They're called amendments. <laughs> like, I, I mean, right, almost any definition of search you can come up with, it's changed. Okay, it's evolved. Okay. But sure. The, let me, okay, but the fundamental, I mean, and, you know, to, what, from my, so when I, when I think about, let's call it, so let's, let's try to, rather than fighting over who gets to use a word, let's try and distinguish the senses in which we're using the word. Okay. So I'm mostly concerned about large scale structure. Okay. So if you squint, like the basic branches of the government, you know, judiciary, legislative, executive, power has flowed between them to a fair amount. But the basic idea that, you know, there's a president who's elected in a way vaguely resembling the will of the people and uh, they, you know, serve four year terms and they get voted off and then someone takes over to date, that structure has been re remarkably consistent at that large level. I completely agree the scope and the extent and many other things and many details have changed, but many aspects of the structure at the large scale seem to be the same to me. Is that, is that a reasonable statement? I, I mean, like, I feel like this is a question of degree. As opposed to, like, we haven't, we haven't become a constitutional monarchy. We haven't devolved into anarchy. We've not had anyone cease. We have not had any military coups. Like, compared to the alt alternate forms of structure, like the basic building blocks have been enormously elaborated on. But, you know, the, the, the stuff we got from Montesquieu, right, the separation of powers, while well, we've nibbled away at the edges here and there, that seems to me to be largely the same as it was, you know, 200 years ago. You just kind yeah, of I mean, imagine looking at the world in those, through, through that lens? I, well, I mean, like, what I, I it, it feels like you're just sort of drawing a line here saying, well, these changes are small and gradual, but these changes are too big. No, and no, okay, let me, let me, let me be more precise. Okay, I would argue that the fundamental genius of the American system was a division of powers between the legislative, judiciary, and executive, and a system of accountability such that the chief executive was given significant power with significant constraints, and that you know they had a time limit on one of those which was a time limit on how much they could serve. And I'd say that that fundamental that at that level of description. Yeah, no, uh, almost every, every almost every point you made was false. Okay, so first that's off, interesting. So first off, there uh, at the very beginning there was no time limit on the executive. Um, so have, that was there new, was no term limit. There, there was a there was a term limit where they, there, there there were no term limits. There was a time limit here. every four years he had to stand for re-election. Okay. So that's what you mean. Right, there was a there time, that. Yeah, okay. So there was a time limit and the term limit was added later. I'll grant you that. Yes. And there was I mean, at least a, a well, it's simply fair enough. You know, so some of these things were substantial. And some of these things were informal and had become more formalized, right? I mean, there was a convention for stopping after two terms until Roosevelt broke it, right? And as we've discovered in the last year, things that we people thought were just part of the system were really just conventions and that they could be overturned at any time by someone who's sufficiently determined. So, fair enough. I mean, so, you know, th there is, there's a lots of, lots of things have shifted around. 
Okay, maybe if, can I use the word architecture? Would that would you feel better with that? If I said the basic architecture uh, seems to me to be the same. I mean, like, like what I, I I'm just going to say that like it, it doesn't change anything. To answer your question, no. Um, okay. There are some things that have stayed the same, but I mean, like, I don't know why those things have to stay the same. Okay. Okay. So fair enough. Okay. So so I think we're looking at. I think the reason that this disagreement over terms is interesting is that I'm analyzing the system using a different lens than you are. And from my lens, okay. I see certain invariants that are really interesting and important. And if those invariants sure. break, the system as a whole falls apart. Whereas if those invariants hold, the system can flex quite a lot. And at least those design principles. Uh, what, what sort of software have you built, by the way? Just out of curiosity, I don't even know your coding background. I know you studied computers and you were hired by Google. Um, I've I've done a lot of compression, video processing, um, uh, databases, backend, and um, okay. embedded development. So you're familiar with ACID, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's an example of an architectural constraint, right? And then there's different architectural trade-offs in you know the 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 various theorems and things like that. So for me, what's interesting about a system is that there are certain invariants which, uh, when you respect them, uh, put our boundaries on the system. And you can shift them around a little bit, but as long as there's still some uh, level of architectural integrity, those invariants are preserved and you get the desired benefit from them. But if one of those architectural invariants gets violated, then you know the the phase space explodes. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. Your things go bad. The one little nuance I want to throw in there is that I would say mm -hmm. that like around the time of the establishment of the Constitution, I think that um, the people of the time would have named a bunch of invariants of the government they expected to persist that they considered foundational to the structure, Absolutely. and that that today have all been violated. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll totally go along with that. I mean, one of the things that's funny is that from the future, we can look back in the past and say, well, we're just a continuation of them. But at every point along the way, each evolution is bitterly contested. And, you know, the, right, well, you know, right. I, I so, guess yeah, you're, you're right. But I mean, like the point I'm, I'm trying to make is like what you're calling an invariant today might not be an invariant tomorrow. No, I, but, uh, right. Fair enough. The, the, and, and, and the thing is, is, we don't really know until we run the experiment which ones. It's, this is why I think it's that our architectural principles are interesting, perspective architecture. Like, in some ways, you don't know unless you've got a full resolution model. Uh, if you don't, you don't in, in the real world, you know, where you don't have blueprints and final analysis, you don't know which pillars of the building are load bearing. And if you knock it down, the whole thing will crumble. Right? Yes. That is yes. the challenge of our, and, and so this is the interesting question. So the, but this is kind of my point, is that the uh, any viable institution, in order to survive, has certain um, structural invariants that if you compromise them, the system dies, and that most of the argument in our organizations is about whether or not this can be framed as whether or not this wall is load bearing. If we tear it down, will it make the place easier or will it make the whole house fall down? Yes, I completely and agree. To the, extent 
Right. And to the extent the organizations survive, those architectural invariants have to be preserved. And there are others that are, so there's, and what's interesting is there are things that, well, if I tear this down, uh, part of the building might fall, but not the rest of it, and then we can rebuild the rest. And you know, those, and so the, what I'm saying is that successful organizations have learned how to ensure that new leaders don't destroy any load-bearing walls. Yes. Okay, so that's what I so, so just having a new generation of leaders, and, and I think this is the, so just having a new generation is, I mean, in fact, that's actually probably a good place to end on, is in fact this question, is, is the thing that makes leaders arrogant, that makes, um, leaders obsess over the integrity of the organization, is that a load-bearing wall that can be removed without destroying the organization? Uh, I mean, uh, the, the answer is probably like there's some nuance there. Yeah, I, I know, but, like, I, I, but I think, yeah. I mean, like, is is there a way to enforce the integrity? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, it, like just saying they're arrogant is sort of just a vague term, it, I, right? Yes, but I think, in fact, it really comes down to what you mean by integrity. <laughs> right? Because, and I think that's, and that's precisely where this conversation gets interesting for me. And, and, and my point is, is that I have not seen any good examples of doing this at scale. And I am trying to figure one out. And I have some theories about the causes and well, I don't understand. Like when you when you say you haven't seen any any examples of doing this well at scale, I'm like basically every organization is doing this. No, yes. most organizations I have seen are very much focused on uh uh I mean I have seen some really remarkable exceptions in certain areas. Um but um groups larger than a small group that practice authenticity and accountability at scale. Have you seen? No, no, okay, no, no, because we, the way we were, the lens that we were talking about here was like, they have to decide like, you know, which pillars are actually, you know, oh, yeah. so, so, important integrity. Right, 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 yes. I, I agree that there are groups that evolve and they figure it out, and, but it's, in some sense, the, the point is precisely this, this particular wall within the context of Christendom or really anywhere else, right? Is that, is that, can you scale a group in a way that preserves authenticity and accountability? Right, and I, I was like the, um, and it's interesting to think about, there are some interesting data points of people doing bits and pieces of these at scale, um, but not necessarily systematically. And maybe that's a interesting set of data. Anyway, well, I mean, I, like, I'm going to I just go back to this. Like, all organizations are are in this balancing act of like they they have to they change it evolve at whatever rate, and they are trying to protect certain key pillars of the institution because they think their foundation right. is their integrity. They may be right or wrong. Right. Um, mm -hmm. you seem to be sort of you seem to have some sort of criticism against all existing institutions is that they're, no, 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 no. That they're larger than a small group, that they're all doing no, no, no. it wrong. But I don't no, know what that doing, criticism is. They're, they're doing what they want to do just fine. Okay. 
But this is the interesting thing. I mean, the, the Catholic Church scaled extraordinarily well, right? It figured out how to build a, you know, institution starting almost from nothing that, you know, spanned a good chunk of the populated world uh, for, you know, almost a thousand years, right? So, yes, they successfully scaled and created a viable surviving institution. I would argue they did that at the price of authenticity and accountability. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, okay. like, we can, we can, it's it's a matter of degree because there there is some accountability, you know. Um, well, the, 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 as a practical matter, when Martin Luther tried to hold them accountable, you know, it didn't end well. I uh, it didn't because not like, for the Catholic I mean, Church. Like, I mean, why not? Most of most of the things that Martin Luther objected to were actually abolished in the Catholic Church. How did it not end well? Uh, well, the just slowly over time, not in his lifetime, but well, he cares about his lifetime. Well, what you consider, I guess, any well, right? So let me let me phrase that. The um, let me let me let me just be more precise, just to wrap things up. The things that they don't I, do indulgences anymore, right? Yeah, but that wasn't like the the. I mean, it was I, one I, of them, I, I right? I just I'm just referencing. I, sorry, I would agree with you that the Catholic Church as an institution is healthier than it was 400 years ago. However, um, in terms of it's, it is no longer Catholic, right? There was a great schism, which we still haven't recovered from 400 years later in terms of unity in the body of Christ. So uh, certain things have gotten much better, but in terms of Christian unity, you know, not so much. Um, but regardless, let me just make my point. I'm not trying to criticize. It's like there's lots of great organizational structure. The thing that I am most concerned about is loving like Jesus, as we discussed, um, and I believe the way that we learn to love like Jesus is through authenticity and accountability. Are you willing to make uh, that connection with me between loving I, like Jesus are, and discipleship? Or do you, yeah, or you have a step? I would say it's part of it. I, I'm not sure that it would be everything. Oh, it's certainly not everything. Uh, but I have found in, in my experience, the reason I care about scaling authenticity and accountability is that those are the things that are the scarcest resource. In terms of loving more like Jesus. Is that when I let people see what I'm doing wrong and speak into it is when I realize the things that I most need to hear that I'm otherwise blind to or deaf to, I guess, to not abuse the metaphor. Um. Yeah, part of me, so I, I don't know that that's true. Part of me wants to say I, I wish it were true because it'd be nice to be able to put the finger on the problem. And part of me is okay. worried that it's too simplistic to, to possibly be true. Um, so, but I'm not convinced either way. Sorry? I, I said I'm not convinced either way. Okay. As Fair to enough. whether or not that's that true. question. Right. I see them as connected, and how strong the correlation is is certainly, um, you know, I can certainly imagine there are contexts, and certainly there are, absolutely, there are contexts where, like, the right piece of information at the right point in time can be truly transformational. Um, my, my sense is just that at scale or in practice, that's the thing that if we could get more of it, 
uh, would be much better, but it could be that there's other missing ingredients or vitamins that are worth elaborating on. Anyway, uh, we have gotten at least, I think, two points of agreement, and I get the sense that we actually agree on far more than we are able to verbalize, because yeah. every time you say something, often you'll say something, you'll say, well, I believe this, and I go, well, of course, that's exactly what I've been trying to say, and you go, I haven't heard that at all. So it could be that there are more things that you actually believe strongly that are important that we just haven't found common language for. No, I'm pretty sure I said at the beginning, I'm pretty sure we agree on most things. There's just some nuances in there that we need to work out. Yeah, that's fine. So we found something you're 100% excited about, and I will try to figure out how to fold that into the rest of the group, and we will talk on Tuesday. Uh, all right. I, I'm worried that we're going to have the same sort of thing happen with uh, Ted expecting me to come in and say, hey, all of our questions are answered and solved, and I'm not going to say that, and he's going to be disappointed. Ted can live with disappointment. And all right. You know, and, you know, we we have more than we did last time, and I have other conversations planned with Janet and Bill, and so maybe I will have something that is, um, you know, that is further along, right? I mean, I don't promise results. I promise to keep trying. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm I'm happy that this is recorded, so I can, I can just tell Ted that uh, Ernie says that you can live with disappointment. All right. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. All righty. Well, I'm happy. So. All right. Oh, you're happy. That's a great note to end on. Thank you, David. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good day. Bye.